Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. I'm sick, so I'm just throwing it out there that I have, I'm recovered from, <laughs> recovered, quote unquote, from COVID. And um, so if I start hacking up along, I apologize to everybody, but we're making it. This is the sacrifice podcasters make, guys. We're in it to win it. It's Sunday morning. I'm here. Steph got me cough drop. She made me London Fog. We're doing this. So let's get into it. I went to D.C. for the first time. I'll just give you the greatest hits chronologically. 20 hours before we're supposed to take off, I finally get approved for my White House tour that I applied to in October. You have to get a representative to sponsor you from your state to go on the tour. So many emails later, 20 hours to go, I'm like about to get on a plane. You've been approved to go to the White House tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And I was like, oh my God, we had to pivot everything. We, had, you know, because we're planners, I went with another teacher. So pivoted some plans, did the White House. You will get to see some photos of me in front of the White House library. While we were on the tour, Marine One landed in the Jackie O Garden. For those who don't know, that's a helicopter. Yes, Marine One's a helicopter. And we got to see Joe Biden get on the helicopter and have it take off. And I got video. And there were like snipers everywhere in front of all the windows that everybody was like looking out and taking videos at like hardcore like helmet snipers. Like it was, inst it was very cool. So I got to see that. That was like my big thrill at the White House. Um, it's smaller than I, th well, it's not small, but That's like an amazing comment. So multiple people that knew that I went on the tour that have been there texted me and they were like, it's smaller than you thought. Right. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. It's, it's not, I thought it would be like room after room after room. Like we got through there in like 40 minutes. I mean, it's not, and everything's very wide open and high ceiling. So like I was really into like the wallpaper and like the chair that Michelle Obama sat on for her portrait and like all this other stuff. So that was cool. Um, the same day as the White House tour, the March for Gaza was happening, which um, my travel companion, Margaret, we didn't know. The hotel didn't tell us that it was happening right outside of our hotel. And there was like a huge stage for speakers set up like they had rented space outside of our hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue. Half a million people showed up. CNN, the day before when we did our research, was reporting they thought 25,000 people were going to come. The, the numbers are like 450,000 people came. It was, you couldn't get an Uber. You couldn't, it, it took us a while to get into our hotel at one point that day. Um, and like, it was cold. It was not, it was sunny, but it was very windy. Um, so that was like an interesting... Moment. Added a different layer to the trip than what you were planning on. <clears throat> yeah, there was definitely like some anxiety um, layered in there. But I have to say kudos to DC the next day. There wasn't one piece of trash on the ground. Like I have photos. It's on. I don't know how they did it. It was like fairies came out and just like cleaned it up. I, I don't know. It was unbelievable. It was very organized. 
um i will say the hotel was like not really prepared for like how they were going to get guests in and out and there was no email communication about any of this happening and you like had to show your hotel key to like even be able to get into the hotel so that was bad but that was bad for just one day of the trip um and then before you move on from the white house i just have to ask what was your outfit at the White House? Yeah, because that's all I would be thinking about if I was going there. What am I going to wear? I didn't have enough time to like really process it. I had black jeans on. I had um like black uh my brain hurts. Uh black can't think of the name of the shoes. Like loafers, like nice loafers. Um and then uh a blouse and then I had my winter coat on for most of it. But I did do my makeup and all of that. And and did you see the Obama portraits? No, that's in the National Portrait Gallery. <sighs> Let me fast forward to that after. I this. don't know why I thought they were in the White House. No. Well, there is a portrait of Obama, but it's not the one that you're thinking of. Got you. Okay. Um, and there is one of Michelle, but it's not. Well, actually, that one might be the one that you are thinking of. Um, so we did the Holocaust Museum. We did the African American Museum, both incredible. Needed a second day at the African American Museum, honestly. It's four floors. We did two of them well, and we had been there for three and a half hours. And we were like, okay, we, like, our feet hurt. We were tired. We were like, we gotta move on. Can you tell the listeners more about that beautiful picture you sent us of the water feature? So once you get like halfway through the, it's chronological. So once you get halfway through, there is a huge contemplation space that is floor to ceiling water coming down and you can sit in the space and just kind of refresh yourself, center yourself from like what you've experienced because two of the floors are essentially like the history of slavery and, um, you know, like the civil rights movement and there's a lot of people dying and assassinations and sacrifices and, you know, they have like a real life-sized like cabin shed that free slaves lived in that were like sharecropping on land and like what that looked like. And um, they have like a huge train that you can go through that's separated like this is how the blacks and the whites were set up and they have chairs from sit-ins that you can look at and it's very intense and and really well done um and so about halfway through they figure people might need to reset because the more modern floors talk a lot about like look at how far black people have come in the united states and so there's like an entire section that's for musicians and an entire section that's for athletes and like you know writers and poets and and you know jazz artists and so it becomes a little more um vibrant and exciting and there's like more pop culture elements to it so it's kind of like okay sit with your thoughts for a moment and like get it together and then you can go on to the other floors um really cool museum i would like to go back because i really feel like the more the two floors that were more modern i didn't really like do justice for um but i took a lot of photos of people i hadn't heard of before so that i could like go and do deep dives on things um 
like there was a massacre that I hadn't heard of before that sounds very similar to what happened in Tulsa, but I hadn't heard about this particular one. And so I wanted to like look more into that. And then I kind of did the same thing the next day at the Holocaust Museum of people or things that I hadn't heard about, which like not to toot my own horn, but there were like four or five things at each of those museums that I was like, I know nothing. And the rest of it, I felt and now I am a teacher and I've taught so many books about the Holocaust, so many books about the civil rights movement, sharecropping, slavery, like young adult literature has done a really nice job with um, doing a lot of historical fiction around those topics. Um, so like a lot of it are things that I learned in school, but then I learned by teaching again. Um, so yeah, so I would like some more time at that at that museum. And then it snowed three inches. DC can't handle anything. All the flights got screwed up. And we were like, okay, bonus day. We can make it to the National National Portrait Gallery because that's like one of the things that we wanted to do. Oh, no, all the museums shut down over three inches of snow. I've never seen anything like it. I I was like... I, know, I feel like we really show our mass hole tendencies when other places <clears throat> shut down over like a dusting. Yeah. And at that point, it was like we had gone to the airport... They fumbled it around. They didn't have enough de-icers. They had us get on the plane. Then they had us de-board the plane. Took all the luggage that had been checked. And we were like, this flight's not getting out. Like, we got to make another move. So then we stayed for this bonus day. And then, like, nothing was open for the bonus day. Can you tell us about the um, the book bar restaurant you were going to go to? Kramer's, yes. So um, that was quite the adventure getting to that. Uh, because that was the day of the march so we couldn't get an uber so we like walked almost two miles to get to dupont circle which is where kramer's is there was also a stationery store that i really wanted to go to there so it was like a twofold thing and then um we had a dinner reservation at kramer's and the bookstore itself not big small surprise i was too um their young adult section was like a shelf as big as Steph's dining room table. It's like not a big, pl- like. I thought it was going, in my mind, I thought it was going to be a bookstore that happened to have a bar and a restaurant inside of it. But you're saying it basically was like the opposite? Kind of, yes. Yep. Um, And the food was really good at the restaurant. And it's like very open. So you can like, like. Margaret got the check and I was like, I'm going to go look at books. And like, I could easily swing back and forth into that space. And then the other thing that I noticed is there are a lot of like bigger tables in the restaurant that you can reserve. And so there was like very clearly a book club meeting and they were getting drinks and like food and talking about book. And so it seems like it's kind of like a meeting space, but there it's not a big bookstore which I thought was interesting. I also have to share, since you mentioned you went to that stationery store, um, you turned, Shout out Jenny Bick. You turned me on to following Calliope, is that right? Calliope Papery. And she posted a sticker yesterday that says, we'll bang a Yui for stationery. And I was like, I need this sticker. I gotta have it. I saw that sticker. She is awesome. Um, Backstory on that, that's a native Calliope papery, and she was in a smaller space. And within, I think, six months of opening that space, somebody plowed their car into her store. 
and there was like a huge crowd funding like get her back in business kind of thing and then she was in that space for a couple years and made it through the pandemic and then um moved down the street into a storefront that's like three times the size and is like more in like the downtown natick like foot traffic area and she's like crushing it i drive to framingham all the time in the next town over for those who are not local to massachusetts since my aunt lives there so after i saw that sticker i was like yeah we'll be making a stop that place is awesome um so then i came back from the trip and uh like immediately had covid so that's why i sound like this solid trip saw a lot of really good stuff did a ton of walking i'm exhausted <laughs> I'm really, really tired. But I did get a one weird book while I was there that I'll talk about a little later. Can't wait. And you had asked our listeners a few weeks ago if they could recommend any books set in D.C. because you were thinking about reading one on the trip. Did that wind up happening? I did not read. um, The traveling got a little hectic on the way back when I would have done the majority of the reading and also my report cards were due this week in the midst of me being sick. So a lot of like emergency sub plans were being written and report cards were being written and not as much reading was happening. Very fair. Uh, as you returned to us in Boston, it was the coldest temperatures we've had so far this winter. A lot of ice on the ground, on the cars, and despite that, Stephanie and I decided we would still go to this author event um, that all three of us had had on the calendar, and we're very excited to share with you guys about it because it was just such a good reminder of how worth it it is to like go to these in-person things, to have the opportunity to meet authors, even if you haven't read their books yet, to hear about their writing process, to hear about what inspires them. So I'll back it up a little to say that um, the author we saw is Jenny Howe. I was unaware of her until a couple of weeks ago when another author that I follow, Kate Spencer, posted that this book was coming out called On the Plus Side. Kate is the author of a romance book called In a New York Minute, which I loved. And I thought, oh, if Kate loves this, I'm going to love this. So I added it to my Goodreads, which Caitlin and Steph saw. And then I think it was Steph maybe noticed that Belmont Books, a bookstore we talk about all the time on here, was going to be hosting her for an author event free no tickets, just like come in and enjoy. So we decided that we would go. Because it was freezing, Stephanie and I were among only a total of nine people in the audience. Local heroes. An intimate gathering. I actually think it made it better because it felt like she was really talking to us. So Jenny is from Taunton, Massachusetts. Yep, we had no idea that she was local, um, but that made it more fun. And she talked about how this particular book on the plus side is what she was calling a grumpy sunshine trope, which was a phrasing I had never heard, despite the fact that all of us here have read a lot of romance books. We've talked about our favorite tropes. I just didn't know. I last night looked up tropes because I was like, what don't we know? Enemies to lovers, obviously. That's Molly's favorite. Numero uno. Um, fake relationship. That one's mine. Love triangle. Opposites attract. Love triangle is mine. <laughs> Grumpy sunshine. Office romance. Stuck together. Age gap. I mean, there's more, but those are like... Stuck together, also known as forced proximity. Yes. Which a lot of people use as their phrase. Yeah, that's like the one bed in a hotel room situation. Correct. She talked about how she wanted to do a story set um, in a TV show 
and that she dreamt up this show on the plus side that she described as queer eye meets what not to wear if what not to wear was about positive uplifting makeovers so we were already like okay we're in and then she described the male love interest logan as a plaid roy kent and i was like okay now i'm really in and she got great questions from the audience about everything from like does she write outlines or does she just like sit down and let it purge from her fingers how did she decide on romance like i just thought she covered a lot of interesting things and also she was super humble about like her editor killing things that she originally liked or about how many revisions she's had to do she talked a lot about the cover art process like how the publishers what she has say in what she doesn't have say in she talked about the color choice for on the plus side which has a woman in a purple dress with an orange background and she said she didn't think she would originally go for that color scheme but that the more she's been publishing the more she's caring about things popping off the shelf visually um and i think everyone who reads popular fiction knows that lessons in chemistry which also has an orange cover was like the most successful book of 2023 so i thought that was kind of interesting stuff other things you would say about the talk molly mentioned multiple times after the fact that she thought it was interesting that i didn't have questions but i just sort of not that i was starstruck but i just i just wanted to eat up everything she was saying and i my brain emptied out i could not think of a single question until afterwards um i do think from a writer's perspective how interesting it was her and um the other author that was there talking about whether they just sort of write as they go or make notes because I don't have any writer friends, so I don't get to discuss this with, but I make copious, copious notes before I start. Um, so it's interesting to sort of hear how other writers work it out. Um, she just had a lot of like Massachusetts energy in the best way possible. And <laughs> I just really enjoyed her. She was wonderful. Yeah. She was like bitching about driving on 93. We were like, we've found our person. <laughs> Um, and at the end, so we purchased a copy of the book for the three of us to read. We also purchased a copy of the book to give away to you listeners, which we will do on our Instagram. Um, and so when we went up afterward to get the books signed, I was telling her how her what not to wear reference was particularly resonant with me because I used to watch that show with my mom every week on DLC. And the host, Stacey and Clinton, always used to say that plus size women shouldn't wear horizontal stripes. It's like makes you look wider and very unflattering. So I was telling her that, like all the things that I didn't wear for like a decade because of things that I had learned on that show. So she inscribed my book, Molly, Wear All the Stripes. Love, Jenny. Love that. So cute. She also had printed bookmarks, postcards, stickers. She stamps the inside of her books with a stamp that she had made that says all bodies are beautiful with a um, silhouette that kind of matches the woman on the cover of this book. So anyway, we have all the goods, all the swag. We're going to give it away to one of you lucky peeps. So I will mail it myself um, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as we enjoyed getting to meet her. Sounds like a really lovely event. I feel bad that there weren't more people there, but I also am glad that it was such like an intimate gathering. It it just felt like a group of friends, you know? And I feel like Belmont Books is kind of new to the hosting. Well, they have a uh, they have a children's author that they're hosting in the Somerville Theater next month. Like that's how big of a deal it is. That's awesome. For this, we were wondering like where actually in the store it was gonna 
be because there isn't like a designated big space. And they just rolled, you know, where the romance books are, rolled that right out of the way. And it made like a nice little space by the stairs. So I want to thank the woman who was working the cash register who took the most beautiful picture of me and Stephanie holding our books. And we mentioned that we were going to give this away on our podcast. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm the one who's been messaging you guys on Instagram. So it was really nice to (laughs) meet her. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it was really nice to meet her. Oh, I had one thought. This is totally random. But since the temps have officially dropped, I was carrying a hardcover book over to Molly's last weekend while walking Nemo, who if you've met Nemo, he walks at like 0.000005 miles per hour. Um, And my fingers started to freeze. And I just feel like there should be winter coats that have a zipper that's parallel to the actual zipper. And inside, you can fit a book. Why why has that? Maybe that exists and I don't know about it. Sounds like we need to get on the merch train. I guess. Book jackets. Book puffers. But a different kind of jacket. (gasps) Book jackets with a Z? I don't know. Nobody's still that. Whoa. Very into that. So, oh, wait, I have one more thing. Oh, yes. I just wanted to add, um, as I was editing last week's episode, I realized that I um, did not make space for um, Braille books in my rant about visual versus audio. And I apologize for that. Um, So just wanted to add that in. Nice. Um, So today's episode actually is about an author named Lynn Painter who we have mentioned before because we all have gotten into her books in the last year or so. I feel like it's been less than, I feel like it's a very new area for us, isn't it? Like, hasn't it only been a couple of months that we've known about her? Did you I know about her? it's possible, Caitlin, you read better than the movies a long time ago. I think oh, I read maybe. it like a year ago, but, but then you guys had it in your stacks. The binge reading we've been doing, like one after the other after the other, is probably like in the last four months. Yeah, I would agree. So, um, because I teach middle school English, I'm like constantly in the young adult section, like looking for what's hip, what's fun, what looks interesting to me. And I just happened upon this book called Better Than the Movies. And I think that maybe I had heard Lynn Painter's name in the same conversations as like Jenny Han. And people were like, you know, she does dating tropes and it's like teenagers, but she's really funny. And so I picked up Better Than the Movies and I think I read it in two sittings. Um, It's just a really great book about neighbors and they're fighting over like car parking space outside of their houses. But it's not really about the car No. And there's a competition involved and there's all these great references to movies. and. I think her biggest skill set is banter. She's really, really good at banter. And now I've read some books that are about adults and about teenagers that she's written. And she's good at it at every age. I feel like that's a that's like a rare skill to be able to just sort of bounce back and forth between age groups. I'm I loved the love wager and that's very firmly set in adults, but she also does YA so well. Yeah, most of her books are YA, I think. So all three of us have read better than the movies. All three of us have read The Love Wager, which is 
like a meet cute at a wedding between a bartender and a guest. And then they end up becoming like text friends. And then it develops into this other thing. It's just like, it's really good. It's really funny. Um, and then I recently read The Do-Over, which is a Valentine's Day book um, where this girl who's like very precocious and um, has like a plan about this is how me and my boyfriend are going to hit all these milestones and we're going to both get into these great academic programs and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then everything kind of goes to shit and she starts reliving the same Valentine's Day over and over again and like, surprise, another boy kind of enters the the picture. Um, would say though, I feel like we've been reading romance books and watching rom coms for so long that if you can't pick up on that immediately <laughs> about who is who is going to be the new love interest, maybe reading a book. And I think this is why Lynn Painter deserves an episode and a hat tip is because like she's using the tried and true tropes, like she's not reinventing the wheel. But her characters are so likable and their conversations are so funny and snarky and quick and witty that I'm like, okay, even though she's not doing anything brand new, I'm laughing while I'm reading this and I'm rooting for these characters at the same time. What I loved about Better Than the Movies, and I know I mentioned this um, when I read it in real time and we were talking about what we were reading that week, the beginning of every chapter has a quote from a rom-com movie. And so it's like, Yes, she knows she's doing the traditional tropes, but she's placing her story inside of the stuff that we all mutually know and love. And this selection of sort of like which quote was in which part of the story was so smart. And I feel like in that book, especially, you just don't want to put it down. It's like a compulsive read. You have to know if they're going to get together. I mean, obviously, you know that they are, but you have to know how it's going to happen. And to your point, both of you, about the tropes, even though you know the arc, you still want to keep going. Like, I have never felt in any of her books, like, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I, when it does happen, I'm like, yep, that's exactly <laughs> how that should go down. And in The Love Wager, there's one particular detail that I loved, which is they develop this relationship where they're trying to date other people, but they make a pact that if their dates suck, they'll meet up for tacos after the date. So it starts to be like, are they looking more forward to the date with the stranger or to get together for the tacos? And I just loved that like little specificity. I also loved that there's multiple tropes within the love wager because they start off sort of as enemies. And then there's also the the one bed trope. Um, there's a fake dating trope. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, why not do them all? So I'm excited for you guys to do the do-over. I already did it. Um, you can for, talk about it. I'm going to read it regardless. To do the I'm going to read it regardless of if you spoil it. So say whatever you'd yeah, like I'm to say. I'm not spoiling it. When you said in Better Than the Movies that they have all these quotes and references to like all these like awesome movies that we love from like the 80s and the 90s, she does something similar in the do-over where every chapter the narrator makes a confession and the confessions really range. So I'm just going to give you two examples. They're also not related to what necessarily to whatever's in that chapter. No. Which is very teenagery. It's like just mm -hmm. shooting from the hip, you know? I've daydreamed for years about getting in a fist fight with Khloe Kardashian. I'm positive I could take her. Good That's one. confession number 11. Good one. Confession number 14. 
I once wrote Beth Mills smells on a bathroom stall at my junior high after she told everyone that the summer camp I attended was actually asthma camp. So, so like at the beginning of each chapter, stuff is right. Like the confessions don't necessarily like foreshadow anything in the chapter, but it's just like so teenagery, so fun. It explains her personality. It totally yeah. explains her personality. Like she's just really, and like she's so uptight when the book starts. And then she realizes the freedom of like reliving this day over and over again. And you're like, at first, you're like, I don't know if I like this chick. And then, like, by halfway through, you're like, I would hang out with this girl. She's really cool. I also have been <clears throat> stunned that none of this stuff has become a movie or a TV show. I Maybe she does have, like, a film or a TV agent, and it's in the works, and we just don't know. But I feel like these stories are so much better than a lot of the crap that is being made and just being churned out on like Netflix, Hulu, HBO, etc. You guys can't see this, but while I'm talking, Caitlin and Steph are both furiously typing, trying to fact check whether or not she does I'm, have an agent. I'm trying to find out if any of them have been have been optioned and I don't see anything. It yet. just seems so obvious that these should become film or mo or TV adaptations. Agreed. Agreed. Also, I do want to say cuz I um just to tie in with um with what Jenny said actually at the event on Wednesday about judging book by their covers. I too judge their bo books by their cover. Her covers are so fun and definitely stand out on shelves. So kudos to her um designer because they're adorable. And I would obviously yellow and hot pink and and also just having one word per line, you know? Yeah, we'll share pictures of all of them so everyone can see. But also, um, the three of us have been kind of into, for a while now, um, stickers that we get at various shops and bookstores uh, for our laptops and our water bottles. And I feel like actually the covers of her books look a lot like the stickers that we tend to oh, yeah. gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe she's doing that on purpose because she kind of knows that's part of the reading culture. But they definitely jump out at you. and. I think if they were to become movie posters at some point, it would be like a very easy transition for it to be similar. Well, and also what we learned from Jenny is that the author doesn't necessarily have any control. I mean, very minor control over what goes on the cover. But I like that there's sort of like a theme to all of them. It's not just like random covers. It's all sort of staying within the same. They look like siblings kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the way that I think like the Emily Henry books all kind of have a certain mm -hmm. look to them. Mm-hmm. You know. I also just need everybody to know, obviously follow Lynn Painter on all of her social media, but like one of the things that I really love about her and Lynn Painter, if you're listening, we want you to come on our podcast real, real bad. She's a Swifty. So she like if you go on her Twitter, it says Lynn Painter and then parenthetical Taylor's version. Incredible. And then, like, her wallpaper is Ryan Gosling in the notebook talking to a head with McDonald's fries on it. And it says, <laughs> I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. <laughs> and she and I are twins. I just had a coughing fit over it. That deserves a shout out for sure. So I just think that we would really get along. and um, And I just, I really... I really want us to be friends and I really want her to come on the podcast because I just feel like, and also 
I'm not a mom and I don't have children, but anybody that refers to their children in their author bio as a pack of wild children is A plus for me. Like she's not she is admitting like we're a crew and you will know when we show up. Totally. Um she hasn't missed for me. She's three for three. I for totally me. agree. I have a fourth book by her sitting at home right now. Um and she just hasn't missed. And it's one of those things where like I was in a book slump and I was like, I've got two Lynn painters sitting in my pile. Like I need to pick one up and just get on with it. And like the do over, I read it in a day. Also- and like I'm not that t- I don't binge TV. I don't binge but like if I find something I like, I like to like have it like savor it which is not how Steph is at all and I just can't help myself with Lynn what I found interesting since we just recently made Molly read Before I Fall is that the do-over and Before I Fall are both Groundhog Day Valentine's Day books and they are and they're both YA very different feels um Before I Fall is you know like a slightly moodier darker and the do-over is you know, has some real stuff to it, but it's like a, a more fun version of Groundhog Day where you don't end up crying. <laughs> Waiting for someone to get hit by a car over yes. and over and over again. Should we get into what we have been reading right now? Let's sure. do it. Kick us off. Somebody else go. My voice oh, hurts. I'll go. Um, I read, um, I picked it up at Belmont Books uh, a month or so ago, Case and Calendars, um, The Stars in Your Eyes. It is a striking cover, which is why I picked it up in the first place. It's about two um, actors who get cast as um, love interests in a rom-com. And one is sort of like the Hollywood bad boy. He has a history. I mean, he was a child actor and he has a history of like drug and alcohol abuse and leaked sex tapes. And then the other one is sort of like this up and coming, naive and super sweet sort of golden boy. and there's some drama that happens where the producers basically make them pretend to be dating while they're filming this movie. Um, it is adult romance and it has some really dark issues in it, you know, dealing with like unresolved, undealt with traumas. Um, it's a lovely, beautiful story and there's not a lot of, um, gay black romances out there. So it's definitely worth a read. Um, but I will caution that it does have some, some serious traumas that it deals with. Um, but I loved it and that's what I just read. So I went back to romance land and last week when we were talking about what we were reading, I had mentioned how I finished Beartown. I was like in this like moved emotional state. Then I read my life with the Walter boys. I talked about how nothing could possibly follow Beartown. So I felt bad for that book. So after I finished that, I quite literally stood in front of my TBR pile and I was like, speak to me, books, like which one of you should I choose? So I was reading the back of a bunch of different things and this book just sort of stood out from the ones that were there and it's called In the Weeds. It was Steph's book that landed in my home and it's by this author called BK Borison. And I learned later that she has four books. I didn't realize if I was in the right order or not of this one. You can read them all independently, but In the Weeds is about a woman who is a social media influencer and just sort of like finds that the work is becoming kind of vapid and meaningless. 
and decides to go to one of the last places she felt happy, which was a farm where she had kind of profiled them as like a stellar star small business. And um, she runs into there a guy who she had a one night stand with earlier the previous year, and they reignite their flirtation, romance, etc. This is going to sound melodramatic, but like this book made me believe that I will fall in love with someone. Like I really, whoa, yeah, I was like, oh my god, like I can't believe this was just like a sleeper on the pile. I didn't know anything about it. I felt like hard for this main character Beckett who is a vegetable farmer and with kittens with the kitten part I could do without but he's a vegetable farmer he makes breakfast for her every morning he takes her on all these romantic outings he has like a anger rage streak I just loved him and I love them together and as happens oftentimes in these books 75% of the way through it seems like they're broken up it's never going to work out they're distancing from each other I was like if these two don't get back together my life is over I was so invested in them and as soon as I finished it I was like okay well now I'm going to go order the other three books just want our listeners to know that we don't always all love as passionately these books this book was i hate to say this because i just don't like putting negativity out in the world this was like a meh for me (laughs) which i almost didn't pass along to molly there wasn't enough drama i needed more highs and lows to me it was it was a little more even keeled and i i need there to be risk do you know what i mean like i need to feel like there's a serious chance they won't end up together do you know what i mean Yes. I was busy looking at Lynn Painter's stuff, but she has a new book coming out March 12th. (laughs) Um, I'm not really over what Molly just said about believing in love again or whatever the hell that quote was, but um, uh, my book is totally different that I just finished. It's a novella. It's called We Had to Remove This Post by Hannah Bervotes. She's Dutch. Um, it's her only book that's translated into English that I can find. Um, and her protagonist, if you can even call her that, she's like a, she's a little bit of an anti-hero, I think. She has just quit her job working for a company in which she is a moderator for internet posts. And it seems like the platform that gets referred to is like a twitter or a tiktok but it's never named as something but you can like upload videos and like people can flag the content and then she the um narrator is like the person that like decides whether or not it needs to be taken down and if it violates all of the like rules of the internet slash free speech slash this platform it's pretty dark she is there's like a lawsuit people are in the midst of and so she's being interviewed or being like asked to be interviewed by the lawyer that's putting together the lawsuit because they're working under like really bad working conditions and like everybody's getting desensitized and like messed up and you don't really know the extent of like how disturbed she is until like the last like 20 or so pages and then you're kind of like oh well didn't see that totally coming um it's very quick it definitely makes you think um 
there's like a relationship between her and another woman that she starts dating within the company that you're like, I don't really understand why so much time is being put on this in like a 110 page book. And then in the last 20 pages, you're like, oh, okay. Now, like, there's a buildup that you don't understand as a buildup because it's so short. Um, and I, it just, it, it offered some interesting perspectives. I'm glad it wasn't longer than it was because I don't think I would have been able to do it. Um, it's not as graphic as I thought it was going to be. Like they reference a lot of like messed up stuff, but like they kind of like gloss over it. They don't get into like nitty gritty details of like the videos they have to endure in order to decide whether it violates certain things. You know what I mean? So, and like, it really makes you think about the content that goes out into the world because there's different rules around like, okay, this is a child who has clearly like stabbed their arm. But the video doesn't show the child stabbing their arm. The arm's already been stabbed, so we can leave it up. And it's like, those are the kinds of like minute details. And like these people are like programmed into thinking about like categorizing everything. Like, okay, well, it doesn't violate X, Y, and Z, so we can keep it. Mm, it violates Z, but is that enough? No, we can, you know what I mean? So like, and their push is kind of to like keep the platform open in terms of content so that people want to use it. So then there's like a business aspect of it that like if it's too policed, people aren't going to want to be on the platform anymore. It made me think. It's pretty messed up. It's definitely relevant to our culture right now. We had to remove this post. Check it out. I don't know. I, I would like to talk to other people about it. Okay. Um, if you want to see everything we talked about today, you should give us a follow over on Instagram at Plans Are Booked. By listener request, we've started sharing each week a full book list of all the books that we mention, both the featured author and then anything else we talk about throughout the show. So hopefully it's easy for you to find anything you're looking for. Um, and you can write to us, plansarebooked at gmail.com. We love to hear from you what you're reading, what you want to hear us chat about. So please send away. And until next time, our plans are booked. <laughs>